Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Our Father, we thank you for that uh, statement that was made at the Queen's coronation among all of the crown jewels that there were, that it was your word which was the most valuable thing that this world affords. Thank you for the way that our Queen listened to your truth. And we pray that by the Spirit now, you would help us, that we might listen to your word that we might hear about and trust in Jesus. We pray it for his name's sake. Amen. The question I think this passage puts before us this morning is, have you seen the light? Have you been enlightened? Or or to put it another way, Do you know where you're going as you live, as we all die? Or or would you say you're sort of floundering in the dark? We all feel um, a sense of loneliness and sadness for our Queen. 
she has uh, lit up the world in so many ways with her service, with her, her smile when it broke out. She, she said how tiring it was on, on, on an occasion just to, to just always be smiling. And yet when she smiled, it lit up a, a room. She's, she's been a light for us and we feel the loss and we, we wonder where we find light now, where we find a sense of enlightenment. And you can search in all sorts of places. You can go on YouTube and, and on Google and you can type in enlightenment and all sorts of things will come back at you. In enlightenment courses that you, you can follow. Um, many sort of Buddhist practices that you can go, inner enlightenment, but Pathfinders and Spectrum, you're in the room here and you will go to your RE lessons at school and you'll be told that there are just a range of places that you can look for light and enlightenment. And the question of this passage is, have you seen the light, the light? Do you want to? Our queen saw the light and she wasn't dazzled by the bright lights of the celebrities and the world leaders that she met or the jewels and the riches. Nor did she think that she was the light, the light of the world. She trusted in Jesus, the light. She said God had sent a saviour with the power to forgive. He was the anchor of her life. And today in these verses, we see Jesus' unique claim to be the light of the world. And though our queen is not with us, Jesus, her saviour, is. And he is the source of all light. And he can bring into our lives and our eternity light, true light, for he is the light of the world. So we're in a new series uh, this morning. We'll, we'll be in John for the next 10 weeks. We're picking up um, about a year ago from where we were in chapter 7. But if you're new to it, just briefly, it was written in um, about 90 AD. John was a friend of Jesus, an eyewitness uh, of uh, him. Um, many people have found it helpful just to read through John's gospel for themselves. And this thing, the word one-to-one, -one, is something that many are finding helpful and you could read if uh, you're new to these things. But let me read John's purpose statement from the end of the gospel. It's just on the screen uh, here. And uh, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So there's evidence in the orange, there's signs um, about Jesus' identity in the blue that we might believe and have life. And you could ask of any passage those questions. What's John saying to us about the evidence or the identity or the belief in Jesus? So let's just pick out three things from these uh, verses along those lines. And the first is that Jesus is the light. That's his identity uh, he says, so page one seven, uh, <coughs> 1078, if you've lost your place, in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks, uh, follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, briefly, we won't cover verses 1 to 11. You might have noticed that. It's a story about a, a woman, the story if anyone you know, cast the first uh, stone. Uh, it's likely that the events uh, happened 
It's unlikely, there's a note uh, there that says uh, that it was in John's original, it's unlikely, and so we don't, we don't treat it as God's authoritative uh, word. Uh, but in verse 12, we're in Jerusalem. It's packed. It's something called the Feast of Booths or, or, or Tabernacles, where they remembered the, the exodus, and, and for a little time they had a sort of a camping festival. You know, some of us have been to festivals where there's camping. They were in tents everywhere. They camped for that week. And one of the themes of that festival was water. And Jesus said in chapter 7, if anyone is thirsty, come to me to drink. But the other theme was, was light. That they would have lit four huge lamps in the temple court. They would have lit up the city and people would have come there and, and lit their fiery torches and danced through the streets. The whole place would have been full of light everywhere. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Right in the middle of that festival, you can see the point that he's making. And there's lots of background to this image. First of all, in, in the Old Testament, um, the Exodus God led with a, a pillar of fiery light. He, he said of himself, um, uh, the Lord is my light. He was a light to the Gentiles. And then when we turn to the New Testament, to the start of John's book, and to his executive summary in verses 1 to 18, it's all there. He sets up these themes that develop further in the rest of the book, and one of them is light. And so just listen to me um, read verses 4 to 9 of chapter 1. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And here is Jesus standing up. And, and maybe back in, in chapter 1, we, we see certain things about light. Light's a, it's a contrast to darkness and evil. Uh, light is to do with, with revelation and seeing. Uh, light, if you're in your biology classes at, at, at school, you know it's about life, photosynthesis. Life brings, uh, light brings life. But maybe it seemed a bit abstract back in chapter 1. And yet John says that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, we have seen his glory. And he says that this real flesh person, Jesus, in history, stood up and said of himself, I am the light of the world. And we might miss the size of that claim. Jesus is not saying that he's one of the lights. Combine him with others and you get, no, no. He says, I am the light of the world. Imagine one of you pathfinders going into your new school and saying of yourself, I am the light of this school, the light of the world. People would say of you, who do they think they are? Well, who does Jesus think he is? This, this son of a carpenter from a backwater town. Well, we know who he is because in verse 12, Jesus uses a little phrase, I am. I am the light of the world. In the Greek, it's ego, I me. I am. It's the same phrase that God used in the Old Testament to introduce himself. He says, I am. It's my special name. God. And Jesus takes that upon himself. 
And he keeps doing that all of the way through this book. In our passage, he does it in verse 24, he does it in verse 28. He does it six more times in John. So seven times, a biblical number. I'm the bread, I'm the gates, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the resurrection, the life, I'm the way, I'm the vine, I'm the light of the world. And Jesus follows this statement up with a most wonderful invitation in the rest of the verse. Did you spot it? He says, whoever, whoever follows me won't walk in the dark. No, whoever follows me will have the light of life. It's a unique claim. He's saying no other religion has that light. No other guru, no other path to self-enlightenment. They are wrong, false lights. They will keep you in the dark. Only me. I am the light of the world. So there's the first statement about Jesus' identity. He says, I'm the light of the world. The second is in uh, verse 13 onwards, where Jesus says that he's the true witness. He's the true witness. Let me read verse 13 onwards. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Now, witness is a key word in this section. It, it crops up a few times. Even the word testimony translates uh, the, the word witness. And the Pharisees are offended by Jesus' unique claim. He uses God's name and they refuse to follow him. They say, you're claiming all of this stuff about yourself. Your witness is not true. And in verse 18, further down, Jesus says, look, I, I'm not just witnessing about myself. My father bears witness. But back in verse 14, he says, look, even if I was witnessing about myself, it'd still be true because I know where I'm from and I know where I'm going and, and you don't. In fact, back in chapter 7, they don't even know that he's from Bethlehem. I mean, that was obvious, but they don't know that. Now look, just to make the, the, the point, and it's like break from my voice, which you've had, had a lot this morning. Just, I want you, I'm going to give you 10 seconds just to turn to the person next to you. If you don't know them or you don't want to do it, that's, that's fine. In those 10 seconds, just simply tell them where you're from. The, the, the town that you grew up in or that you, uh, that you were born in, and then swap. You don't need to say more than one word. That would be it. 10 seconds. Off you go. Five, four, three, two... One and stop. Great. Thank you. I said it was 10 seconds and could be one word. Now, if the person you were talking to were now to turn to you and say, you're not from there, be a bit rude, you would say, look, I know where I'm from. And rightly so. For me, I remember growing up in, in Watford. And uh, if you wanted, you could call another, another witness. You could phone my parents. I could put my birth certificate on the, on the screen. But I, but I know. I know. And Jesus says, I know where I'm from. I'm a true witness. 
In verse 23, just over the column, he, he, he spells it out. He says, uh, I'm from above. I'm from heaven. I'm not from this world. Jesus can say, I remember being in, in heaven for all eternity. And then I came down into this world. I, I know where I came from. And he finishes in verse 15 saying, you're just judging by human standards. All the information you've got is just at a human level. I don't judge anyone like that. I know I have a different standard. And so you see, Jesus is starting to ask us some questions. He's asking us, who do you think I am? Just a carpenter from Nazareth? Or the one who's come from heaven? And on what basis do you conclude that? Just human standards? Or will you take me as the true witness? Jesus knows where he's from. He knows where he's going. And if we link up with him, we can too. And so here we are, and we're in, maybe you've worked it out, we're in a, we're in a law court type situation with witnesses and, and judgments. Maybe you like those sort of TV dramas with law courts. And at this point, it looks like Jesus is very much in the dock. Questions are being asked about his origin, his authority. He says, look, I'm a true witness. But verse 16, if you look, he says, look, if you want more evidence that it's not just me, but I and the Father who, who sent me, he says, in effect, I call as my first witness God the Father. <laughs> it's a pretty big call. He says, verse 17, your, your law is based on the fact that you need two witnesses. So I'm the first, God the Son, and second is God the Father. He says, is that, is that enough for you? He says, I'm right to use God's name because I'm the light of the world. I'm light to, right to call people to follow me. See, John's giving of evidence. And at this point, um, Jesus could give us evidence, a sign to back it up. And he does just that in, in chapter 9, verse, verse 5. He, he says, um, because I'm the light of the world, I can give uh, light to this blind man who's in darkness. And he does. But here the evidence is that the Father says that Jesus is a true witness. The evidence isn't from below, but from above. And people leap on that and say, well, where is your Father? In verse 19, and, and Jesus doesn't back down. He goes further. He says, I perfectly reveal my Father. If you knew me, you'd know my Father uh, also. And so the question for us is, do, do we trust Jesus and the Father as true witnesses? Do you believe Jesus? If not, who is he? And why would he be saying this? Who are we going to trust? And it seems that we have a choice either to accept the, the witness of the, the Jewish teachers of, of that day and today, which would say that he's not God the Son, he's not the Messiah, or we accept Jesus as the true witness and his father as the second witness. Again, today for us at school in our workplaces, we could just accept the witness of the media and uh, other scholars which say, well, Jesus wasn't uh, God. Well, we can accept the witness of Jesus historically, that he said that he was a true witness, that he was God the Son. Just a word to, 
pathfinders and spectrum because you're in here this morning many of you i guess have never known a time when you 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 didn't know of god or follow jesus and that's a wonderful answer to the prayers of your parents i hope this morning reinforces that but it may be some of you are here and you're sort of working working out you're rightly asking questions maybe making the faith of your parents your own and the key question for you to think about and for all of us to work out is who do you think jesus is just, just a man or the son who reveals his father? Jesus says, I know where I'm from. I know where I'm going. I'm a true witness. That's the second bit of evidence. And the third thing that Jesus really says in the last part of this passage is that we need him. In the light of those two things, Jesus says we need him. So verse 20, um, they clearly want to arrest Jesus, but they can't because Jesus is in charge. It's not his hour to die yet. Which helps us to see that what's happening in this final bit is that it is not Jesus who is in the dock. It turns out that his hearers are in the dock. And he addresses them now. Verse 21 He said to them again, I'm going away and you'll seek me and you'll die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. I told you that you die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus says, I'm soon going away. I'm soon going to heaven via the cross. And he says to his hearers that you have a problem. As things stand, you will die in your sins. Now, we probably didn't need to persuade people back then that they'd die. Might need to persuade us. Maybe we've forgotten the lessons of COVID. Maybe even this week we we don't join the dots of our own mortality. But certainly we all need to be persuaded that we'll die in our sins because we don't think that sin is that serious. Rejecting God, we think. But Jesus does. Jesus says, I'm going to heaven and you can't come there with your sin. You you can't, says Jesus. And his listeners get confused. They say, well, is he going to kill himself? And he says, no, verse 23, you're... You're confused because you're from below. And I'm from above, not from this world. I'm from the other world, from heaven. And so Jesus says, because of that, I can truly see things as they are. And trust me when I say, verse 24, unless you believe in me, you will die in your sins. And so do you see what he's doing? He's pushing on them and he's pushing on us that we need him. He wants to stop anyone who's listening from thinking this stuff about Jesus and his identity. It's interesting theology, but it's not relevant. Or or we say it's just for adults. It's just for church people. Jesus says, wake up. Wake up. You, You need me. When it's too late, you'll seek me and you'll die in your sins. Imagine for a second that you, 
You have needed a heart operation. Some of us don't need to imagine. We've experienced this. Imagine you're, you're before one of the foremost heart surgeons in the world. It's a man called Professor Sir Magdi Yacoub who, who fits that bill. And, and you're, you're, entered to, you're drawn into the, the room just before the op and, and you're, you're set to meet him. And, and you start asking questions about him. I don't know if it's nerves or, or whatever, but you start asking sort of cheeky questions like, can I just ask where you studied? You know, you just, I just want to check, you know, did you study at a good university, a good college? I just want to and, and actually, you're, you're a bit sniffy about him, and you're approaching the whole thing as a bit of a joke. And he turns at some moment in the interview, he looks you in the eye, and he says, unless I operate on you, you will die. Have I got your attention? The foremost professor, heart surgery, Jesus says, verse 24, have I got your attention? Unless you believe that I'm God, you, you will die. If you do not get clear on who I am and believe, you will overlook me as a nice teacher from history. You'll think there are lots of alternatives that you can live a good life. And you will not come to me in the cross. You will not come to the one person who can save you. And so you will die in your sins. Have I got your attention? And verse 25, it seems that he's starting to get through. They say, okay, who are you? Who are you? But we know from earlier in, in the book, from chapter 2, that Jesus knows people. He doesn't entrust himself to, to people who just give smoke screen questions, as maybe these are. And so he says, I've already told you. You know the answer to that in verse 25. But I'm not sure that you want to know me or trust me. And so very sadly, he leaves them in verse 27. Did you see? They didn't understand what he'd been speaking to them uh, about. If our questions are just smoke screens, Jesus may leave us there. But if they're honest questions, if we say to Jesus, Jesus, I see now that I need you. I will die in my sins without you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Well, at that point, Jesus says, let's talk. I've got lots to tell you. And he teaches them. And very graciously, in verse 28, he tells believers and unbelievers where to go if we want to know him. And it's in verse 28. Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Lifted up there, it's code for lifted up on the cross uh, to die. Jesus says when you look back on the cross, it will be clear that I am I am. Because why would the light of the world ever let himself be snuffed out and suffer death and darkness unless he was obedient to his Father? Unless he was pleasing him? And as he was saying these things, we're told that many believed, trusted in him. We'll see next week, it's not the end of the story. There's more to what belief is than, than that. But they believed before the, the cross. And friends, you and I have the privilege of looking back in history on the cross, asking questions, exploring, and believing. And so the question for us is, how about us? How about you? 
have you seen the light? Would you like Jesus to switch on the lights? As we close, the, um, the longest reigning monarch in European history, you, you may know apart from the Queen, was a man called Louis XIV. Um, he uh, died in 1715. He was known as, or he presented himself to the world as the Sun King because in his belief, light radiated out of him. He was the greatest king and he reigned for such a long time. He, he planned for himself a spectacular funeral by all accounts. It was to be held in Notre Dame in, in Paris. And he told his chaplain, it was a man called Jean-Baptiste Massillon, he, he told him very clear instructions for what should be done. And at the heart of the, the ceremony, um, was to be the golden coffin which would be placed at the front of the cathedral. Massillon was told that the entire cathedral must be completely dark, except for the golden coffin at the front with a single candle placed on top. And that candle was to represent the singular greatness of the Sun King as the light of the world. It came to the day and Massillon did exactly as instructed. He, he darkened the cathedral. It was all dark. The single candle was put at the front on top of the golden coffin. And he, he walked up to the front. He followed all of the instructions except that. Just before he preached and preached the eulogy, he walked over to the candle. He snuffed out the candle. And into the darkness of that great cathedral, he said, only God is great. Only God is great. A powerful, powerful moment. But he was correcting the terrible mistake that Louis XIV was making, that he himself was the light of the world. Our queen did not make that mistake wonderfully. She knew that she was not the light of the world. She followed the light of the world. And the question today is, what about us? What about us? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Let's be quiet and hold on to what the Lord has said to us and then we'll pray. Our Father, we want to turn our thoughts on a day like this again to the hope that we have that though great men and women come and go you remain the same. And that Jesus is still our light, the light of the world. Amen.